What is going on, everybody? This is Buster Caballero. I'm your host for the Good Old Boy Podcast. Good Old Boy's talking about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us. If you're new, thanks for tuning in. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. If there's something you want to hear about or a good old boy that maybe we should hear from, drop us a line. Let us know. We're always interested in hearing from y'all. Now, let's get to the show. All right, everybody. A special guest in the studios today. A good old boyfriend of mine and neighbor, Mr. Todd Carson from Santa Fe, Texas. Welcome, Todd. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me. All right. How's that beer? Uh, you know what? First time I've had this one. It's pretty delicious. Pretty delicious. Uh, the old Budweiser copper lager. I know. Budweiser's trying to, I don't know, I guess they're trying to make up for being bought out by InBev, so they're <laughs> like the, they had the Freedom Reserve, which is good. Man, you know what? Uh, I guess I saw Tim Parker today in the neighborhood talking about any any cold beer is a good beer, right? Yeah. I'll agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, shoot, I've I've drank some warm beers that were a good beer too. Yeah, beer's beer, and uh, I, judging by the look of me, being from Santa Fe, it's all, one of the best things we're we're known for is drinking beer. <laughs> well, uh, for those listeners out there, Todd and I met uh, maybe about five years ago. Well, was it three years ago? Maybe something like that. Yeah, some we did a, a fundraiser in our neighborhood. Uh, we bowled about. 200, 300 pounds of crawfish, sold them for $20 a pot, a plate, and uh, raised over $2,000 for a family that had uh, that had essentially their home, their whole house burned down, and they didn't have anything, and I, I put out feelers for people to help, and man, Todd answered the call uh, that day. Thank you, Todd. Yeah, no worries. Uh, it's always nice, you know, when you kind of, I guess I was pretty new to the neighborhood, just kind of moved in, joined the old Facebook page kind of wade your way through the waters and see what you can say and what you can't say and uh who you can trust who you can trust and then uh you end up you know finding some some good old boys mm-hmm. as it were and uh you kind of meet up with them and you start doing your thing and uh so it just kind of goes hand in hand but it was man it's a great time get out meet some new people drink some mm-hmm. cold beer make some crawfish from a real coon ass there you go so we even had a Thibodeau yeah yeah Thibodeau Draw, DJ Draw, Drawhome was out DJ there DJ Drawhome was out there uh Cooked up those crawfish, made a, made a bunch of money, and donated it to that family who lost their house in the, it was Baytown, wasn't it? Yeah. We need to do one of those just for the fun of it. So, uh, and, and, you know, it's funny you mentioned, hey, you know, just trying to move it into the neighborhood and meeting people, and that's, uh, you know, who are your new neighbors and everything like that. And I don't know about you, but I grew up in a real small town. I knew every single one of my neighbors. Absolutely. Every single one of my neighbors knew me, my parents. I mean... I got a I got a spanking from some of my neighbors at time when it when it came down to it. Yeah, I, same way in Santa Fe. I mean, when I grew up, it was eighty five hundred people, and uh, graduated, and moved out, moved to the the big town to pass to get down Dina when I yeah. met my when strawberry we did, festival. With the old wife uh, over there, you know, spent five years, and I couldn't tell you the name of one damn person that lives next door to me and was there for five plus years. So it's uh, it's rare these days to have what we had as a kids growing up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's a little different if you moved into an apartment complex, like after college or, you know, after high school or something like that. You got to know the people around you. But um, I moved to a neighborhood in central Louisiana for about a year after Hurricane Katrina. And I knew like one neighbor and it was my cousin. 
Yeah, you had to know them. Yeah. I bought the house from his sister. <laughs> as, so. a, as is anything else in central Louisiana, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time, though. Absolutely. Yeah. But, and I think that's really missing today in our community. I mean, look, our community right here, we've got over 1,200 homes, 1,300 homes. Uh, ah, man, I know a couple of the people who live around me right here. Yeah. Uh, we've hung out and things like that, but to know 1,200 people, no. No, but, you know, it's, I think it's imperative, you know, you and I are in sales, you know, you, you do a lot of sales work, you know, in and around the community of the Houston area. And I travel a lot for work. So I leave my wife and my kids at home by themselves. And uh, where was the last place you went? Uh, last week I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma and, uh, El Dorado, How? Arkansas. How's it out there? Man, it's nice. Weather was great. They didn't have the mosquito problem we got. I'll tell you that. That's um, bad. But you know, it's, it's nice. Uh, people in Oklahoma are nice. You know, it's very rare. You can go somewhere and it's, it's terrible, but you know, leaving leaving the house, you know, leaving the wife, leaving the daughter, uh, you know, it, it it's it's very worrisome for any for any husband father. Yeah. And um, you know, when we first moved in to, to the neighborhood three years ago, we were lucky enough that our immediate neighbor uh, actually came over the day we moved in. We had boxes stacked up everywhere, knocked on the door, introduced us to their kids. Hey, this is Tommy. This is Alex. You know, I'm Brian. I'm Maria. Here's two bottles of wine. Here's some wine glasses. We know you haven't unpacked yet. Welcome to the neighborhood, you know? Yeah, we're then, not going to be unpacking right no, now. No, absolutely not. So what we ended up doing is just kind of getting to know them, and then, you know, it starts to spread out. And you start talking to people in the neighborhood, and you start talking to your what's going on. And, and those relationships that have been formed just in a short period of time make it a lot easier for somebody like myself to go out on the road and make some sales calls as needed. Why, uh, why do you think people don't want to get to know their neighbors nowadays? Man, I can't tell you. Uh, I know some people just are not outgoing enough. Um, sometimes it takes a little liquid courage for people to open up. Um, I think True. it's, I think it's, uh, <laughs> it has to do with you know just putting themselves out there. Uh, I think we live in a world of social media right now that everybody wants to post everything on social media, but is too scared to walk out and talk to your neighbor face to face if something happens. That is so true, and, and we we've seen it firsthand. Absolutely. Yeah, You'll get in a shouting yeah. match or a misunderstanding across a community Facebook page over the slightest thing, but you won't go knock you won't go knock on a door. Yeah. And say, Hey neighbor, can I talk to you about this? I'll never forget the, the first probably couple of months we were here. We just moved in. And we had these model homes in here. And so there was some door to door sales guys that were going around. They they post this artwork all over these model homes. Those guys are everywhere. They are. And and so they, they came up and I remember the guys came out and they knocked on the door and they were asked if I was interested. I went out, appeased them a little bit. I'm a sales guy. I want to listen yeah, to I want to hear pitch. this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there something I can put in my pocket for later? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I go listen to a sales pitch and uh, his sister tells me, he's like, uh, you know, I got these artworks, you know, hand done, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I end up buying a couple pieces, hanging in the bathroom. Uh, and I go on the neighborhood Facebook page, and somebody's complaining these guys are going door to door. And long story short, and I don't want to get into all the details because I don't know if the people are still here or not, even though I know they're not here. But we had a confrontation. Maybe they're Facebook. listening. Maybe so. <laughs> Actually, I think they moved back to Colorado. Okay. But uh, but anyway, so we ended up having a, just a verbal exchange or a, an exchange on social media, and um, it. it Worst case scenario, right? They were just like, "Hey, you know what? You're wrong. Don't talk to my wife like that." Even though I didn't have any tones in my, you know, messaging on, on Facebook, ran into them at at H E B, and they didn't say a word 
Like you would think that that's a, that's a perfect opportunity to have a one-on-one conversation. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't shying away from it. They just turned around and walked off. So people are just generally, I guess, uh, they're, it's easy to sit behind a keyboard and uh, play the play the hero or, or play the victim in some cases. Yeah. And so um, it's it's unfortunate. But, you know, it's it's nice to be in a situation now, three years in, moving in the neighborhood, that I can probably count on two hands, maybe th- maybe both both hands and both feet the number of people that I've had interactions with and I would consider friends that have their phone numbers to just live in the neighborhood. Right. You need something. Yeah. I mean, we've got some really good people in our community, in our neighborhood that, you know, we can rely on, we can call for, we can joke with, we can laugh with. And I think back when I was growing up, we did a lot of events with our neighbors. So for Christmas, I remember my parents, they would open up the garage, get some tables, get a cake. My neighbor, Mr. Rock, he would dress as Santa. Like The Rock or just Mr. Rock? No, his name was Mr. Rock. He was like the original Rock. Nice. Yeah. Dwayne had no idea he was around. Dwayne had no idea. This is... Now, you know what's really cool about could, could Mr. He smell, Rock? Could he smell what was cooking? <laughs> he could cook. He could cook. But you know what was something about Mr. Rock was he would actually rent the uh, like the wrestling shows on pay-per-view and invite all the kids to come watch it. That's how cool he was, you know. Nice. Uh, he called it a wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. And he would put on a, a Christmas Santa suit, and he'd get on his four-wheeler, and he'd come tearing up, and Santa came on a four-wheeler. And give all the kids presents, and we had that uh, for for Mardi Gras. My dad would take his lawnmower, and he went and he got a couple of pieces of plywood, and he made a float for the kids in the neighborhood. That's some good old boy stuff. And all the kids, like, I mean, this was like he had room for ten kids to sit. It was about how many kids we had in our neighborhood, and we all got beads. And he went up and down the street. And when he went up and down the street, all the neighbors would come out and we'd throw him beads. You know what? That's and that's spot on, man. That's spot on for, for a small town feel. But everybody did that because you knew all the neighbors and you knew that's what it was coming. So I'm going to do the Mardi Gras thing this year. You have to. I'm going to build a float. You, you got to do the Mardi Gras thing. That's, that's by far one of my favorite things. So funny story. Uh, Speaking of Mardi Gras, we'll go off the kilter a little bit. Let's go. We'll come back to it. So, uh, so when I was in high school, uh, it was my senior year. So we were doing the whole, you know, run for class president thing. Mm-hmm. Todd doesn't. Todd likes to talk in third person every once in a while. So every once in a while, speaking third person. But I was not the kind of guy that wanted to be class president, right? So I wanted to run the campaign, <laughs> and it happened to be Mardi Gras season. So I did the same thing. I grabbed a couple wagons, loaded them up, decorated them up for Mardi Gras, bought a bunch of beads. Needless to say, my candidate won. We went up and down the, the, the high school hallways, throwing beads out. Luckily, luckily, we didn't get anybody. Well, I say luckily. From a from a legal standpoint, we didn't have anybody show anything for the beads. Yeah, that's, right? high school, that's high school, man. That's high school. You can't do that. That's federal offense, but, probably. <laughs> probably right. But, uh, but no, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good time. So Mardi Gras is one of my favorites. I don't know if it's the... If it's the drinking, if it's the tomfoolery that happens with Mardi Gras, or if it's the king cake, I don't know the difference. You got to get the right king cake, though. You ain't lying. Uh, you know who doesn't have a bad king cake around here is H E B. I'll give H E B a plug all day long because I will not shop anywhere else for anything. You know who really does a good king cake? Uh, in Seabrook, Texas, Donald's Donuts. 
So what's going on with them with this 146 expansion? Are they going to stick around? They've moved locations. They have a couple of them around, but they had to shut that one down. Yeah. Uh, so shameless plug for Donald's Donuts. They're in uh, Laporte now. They've got a couple all around the uh, area. Great. Hey, awesome if he's king cakes. You got to all. You got to order them the day before. Yeah. We'll if, put a we'll put a link to them in the show notes. If uh, if yeah, if Donald's Donuts is listening, we we'll take donuts and we'll talk about it all day long. And right? they're boudin kolache. <laughs> So to get back though, <laughs> sorry we can so, get, we can digress quite a bit. <laughs> so the when it came to the community events, I kind of see that now here on a smaller scale, uh, where you'll get together with your neighbors or things and do things like that and get to know them and to talk to them. But when you have a community, just ours for example, thirteen hundred homes, you you can't get everybody on the same page. They must have like I don't know probably 50 different gatherings of people. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's one scheduled for this Saturday, right? Within one section of our neighborhood. It's right. Just a, right. Just they're general, throwing, they're throwing down just a house party. And you know, Halloween seems to be a big one, right? You go around trick or treating yeah. in this neighborhood and every, every block is having a party. And instead of going house to house, you're going cul-de-sac to cul-de-sac and hitting everybody at one time. And everybody's having a big party. Right. But at the end of the day, case in point last year, about a year ago, was it last month? Uh, Harvey. Yeah. Right? So everybody kind of pulls together, and it, it's a natural disaster. It's not, not one of the f- most fun times in the world, but everybody pulled together. And um, I don't think it would have been able to have happened if we hadn't have already established relationships within our neighborhood with some of the people that we trust. I agree. And, uh, I mean, it's... But you and I, you and I reach further than our immediate neighbors to true. know people. True. You know, you and I'll go completely across the neighborhood. We we meet up with guys. We, you know, that that's just the way we are. Yeah. And where a couple of these people are, I mean, you know, I, I thought it was great whenever we needed trucks. You know, you put out a call for it, and twenty trucks rolled up outside of my house, and it's, dang, yeah, that that's people are helping here. Uh, but that's the thing nowadays that's missing, and it's not just this neighborhood. It's neighborhoods all over where you don't know who your neighbors are. Yeah. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. Like I said, you know, we've we've people have relied on just you know. I guess they're getting just too. It's too comfortable. Easy to, it's too easy to reach further out than it is close by. Yep. Because when it's close by, it takes that little bit of interaction. It's not a like. It's not a comment. It's not a share. It's actually going up to somebody and putting yourself out there in person to say, "Hey, uh, excuse me." Can uh, nice to meet you. I'm your new neighbor. Yeah. It, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's here's my phone number. Here's, right. It's it's gone by the wayside, and it's unfortunate because there's so many good opportunities to meet good people. There are. And you know, I was listening to your podcast this morning about being a good old boy. What does it mean to be a good old boy? And uh, you know, it's it's the willingness to not only just go out and meet those people, but like you said, to respond, to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty rare that you find friends that are willing to stop what they're doing to pick up their phone and ask for help, but then also answer that call when you have the help, right? Yeah. When you need it. So I want I want to go back to uh, what you had said about tone, and that's one of the things that we're missing nowadays is tone. You can't interpret that through a text. You can't interpret it through a post, email, an email. Happens you, at work all the time. Yeah. You have to really, like, nowadays just read something 
And if you take any kind of, if you're like, oh, I'm offended by this, you really should, first thing you should do is stop, pick up the phone, call that person and say, hey, uh, got your message. I'm kind of curious about this. Can you can you elaborate on what you mean? Well, I mean, it also... Because we've become so defensive. Well, it's it's defensive, but also... You've had, you've had to become defensive in society nowadays, which in the... But how, but how you read a message, you know, whether it's an email or a text message or a Facebook post, you know, a lot of how you feel about that is how you're, you know, you're current going Dr. Phil on people out there. But, uh, but no, it, it depends on how you're feeling right then and there. If you're in a bad mood, you're going to take it a bad way. If you're in a good yeah. mood, you might be in a little bit positive, a little bit more positive. Right. So, I mean, it, it's interesting because uh, a lot of times, you know, I'll throw my wife out there, right. without trying to get in too much trouble, um, She'll great she'll, lady. She'll she'll read too much into text messages from time to time, and uh, and, and it happens at work as well. And I have to tell them pick up the phone and call, ask the questions. Was it meant to be that way, right? And um, but you know, talking just as a whole, as a society at a whole, we we don't do a good job of picking up the phone and having those conversations anymore. Everything's easy with via text, and I'll be the first to tell you, I don't really necessarily like talking on the phone that much either. I don't. If somebody calls me, I'm like, God, can you send this in a text message? But if I know that, if I'm reading something that feels a bit off, I know to call, right? I'd rather talk in person than on the phone. But if it's something quick, shoot me a text. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that, I mean, I'm not trying to say that we're doing everything right here, right? When I say here, you know, in League City, Texas, in our neighborhood, with our group of folks that we have here. Mm-hmm. But I think what we're doing here within our neighborhood, it makes sense uh, and it and it's working because it's getting people talking, right? You whether, have to foster it. Whether it's whether it's having the neighborhood Facebook page or having, you know, the 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 moms of Marbella page or you know whatever, right? The the distinguished gentleman's page of Marbella, or the dudes of the Bella, whatever you want to call it today. But but you know it's 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 like you said it's it's nurturing it's it's pushing people together and you know you get a few new friend requests you get to meet some new people mm. to your point about good old boys you don't know who's, who's got what skill set right and then ultimately if you need people to call upon you have that network built right right and to me the most successful people out there have the biggest networks and it's not about friends necessarily but it's about knowing the right types of people to get in front of to, to get things moving whether it's you know fixing a splash pad or coming to somebody's house and fixing a water leak or hey what what happens if my sprinkler system busts because i forgot to bleed the valve whatever it may be right mm-hmm. it's it's it, it could save you a lot of money but but all it did was take takes you a little bit of effort to get to know people in your neighborhood and, and some of that just kind of takes care of itself and who knows at the end of the day you might find your best friend you could find your spouse you could find you know whoever you never know what you're going to overturn when you need help especially in your neighborhood that's so true oh uh, in, in fact, uh, my oldest boy put him in karate. Ta- karate, karate, karate. That's my that's my preferred enunciation of karate. By the way, you got a comma on the top of that. I sure do. Uh, so we put him in it, and and the guy that runs the studio lives in our neighborhood. And uh, shout out to Leaders for Life Academy here in the League City, Texas, because I tell you what, he's been to three classes and. Every time that little dude gets out of the class, he gets so pumped up, and that's that's my neighbor's business. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, in the more you get to know the people in your neighborhood, like your, especially your neighbors, you never know what they're into. No, I mean we've got some of the most. 
creative people that live in our neighborhood. And there's a guy building a plane in his garage. Have you ever seen that? No. We're gonna go take a drive after this. I'm gonna show you if he's working on it. Like I look in there when there and there's a fuselage and a wing. <laughs> and hey, I'm like, you gotta have a hobby, right? Right. I'm like, you gonna take off from the main drag or what? Or yeah. <laughs> I can know it's kind of kind of a tight runway, but whatever. It is. It is. Uh, I mean, you, you, your community, building your community, and a lot of people just want to stay away from that. I think it's because of the fear of you. I don't, we don't know who they are. So instead of breaking down the barrier and understanding, and I don't know, maybe your neighbor is like a jerk. Maybe your neighbor is not the best person. Maybe they just have had a hard life and they moved into this house and they just want to be left alone and they don't want to talk to anybody. And that's fine. But at least knock on a door and introduce yourself and say, if something comes up, here's my number. Not only is it important to know who the good people are, but especially the bad ones. Yeah. The ones you want to stay away from, right? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's, it, like I said, I, we can't speak enough about, you know, what it's like to be, you know, involved in, a, in an active neighborhood. Um, so it, it's, it, to me, it, it's one of the best things that I've ever done is moving into a neighborhood where people are willing to put themselves out there and you find the right kind of folks. And uh, it's, it's been rewarding for us, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that side. So, what else been going on, man? Man, just tr- work, travel, uh, you know, raising kiddos. Some sometimes really? not not necessarily in that order, but uh, well, you gotta do what you gotta do. Where where are you headed to next? Um, flying out next week. I'm going up back up to Tulsa actually. Okay, and then uh, Amarillo. Tulsa right now is booming. It is. I mean, they were booming before. Uh, let me ask you this. I've heard this. That if you look around Tulsa, you actually see a lot of uh, at the gas stations, uh, like natural gas filling for natural gas filling stations. Yep. Do you or, or is that out there? Oh yeah, as prevalent as what I've heard. Yeah, because I think it's a lot of self service type stuff, just right? Due to tornadoes and stuff like that, right? I so. heard they dumped a ton of money into their uh, infrastructure on that side. Oh, they did, and you know what the interesting so. We just came up on the anniversary of 9-11, right? And right. so there's actually a building that's that's in Tulsa that's one-fourth the size of the actual World Trade Towers. And it's it's an exact replica of it. Really? It's pretty neat. Nobody really understands it or sees it, but uh, it's kind of eerie when you fly into Tulsa. You see this building. It's like, man, I think it looks familiar, but it's it's only one tower, but it's one-fourth the size of the actual World Trade Towers. And, you know, still seeing that and going into Tulsa and seeing it, it's, it's kind of kind of freaky when you kind of look at it gives you some goosebumps you know yeah uh you want to hear goosebumps uh speaking of like 9-11 and that uh after that i was working in cutoff louisiana we were doing the labor company uh, we were bringing in welders and fitters putting to work in shipyards and we're going into avondale shipyard in avondale louisiana and we're, we're putting things through we have some people out there and one of the guys is giving me a tour one day, and he says, hey, you want to see something really cool? I was like, yeah, I'd l- I like cool stuff. Show me something really cool. So he brings me up to this ship they're building, and it is massive. And they're building the ship in the front where it comes on the, uh, is it the the bow? Look, I'm not a seaman. Okay. I can't no. help you there. The, the front of the boat. I think it's the bow. Yeah, it's the bow. It's open. And I'm like... 
what's up there? He goes, that's the, uh, I think it's, it was the USS New York. They were building. And he says, you see that piece of metal right there? I go, yeah, I'm looking at it. It's a big old beam. He says, that actually came from the World Trade Center. Oh, man. And you can see, and you start looking at it. It's got written on it from the the rescuers and things like that. And that was, that was humbling. Oh, I bet. You, you know, see how big that was going on that ship? Yeah, we we went to New York. So we've had, if, if anybody gets to know me, you know me, obviously. But we... Mm-hmm. We as a family do a lot of weird stuff. When I say weird stuff, it's um, you know taking in a foreign exchange student on a whim, which was one of the most rewarding things we've ever done. But also my wife becoming a surrogate last year, um, which was no, and also another rewarding thing that you would have never even thought of. Mm-hmm. But during that surrogacy process, we went to New York, and uh, it was in Stanford, Connecticut, where the people were we were going to do this for. And actually, it was her cousin. And so... Um, we went to New York and we stayed for a couple of days and we stayed just outside the World Trade Tower, the new center, right? Freedom Tower. The Freedom Tower. And uh, so our room overlooked the Freedom Tower. And then below, you can see where the towers used to stand in the memorial. Mm-hmm. And I've been to a couple different places that were like this, but, but you know, like the USS uh, Arizona mm-hmm. over in Pearl Harbor, uh, just deafening silent and just the amount of respect that people from all over the world pay for something like that. Just gives you goosebumps. Yeah. So I'm not real. Not it's. It, if you've never done it, you got to do it because it's just one mm-hmm. of those things that it, it just like you said, it's very humbling. Kind of brings you down a notch and kind of brings brings everything into the magnitude of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been to Hawaii. Would want to go. I haven't been to New York. Maybe I'll go. My wife wants to go, so I'm sure I'll end up in New York. Look, if you're a foodie, so here's here's some travel tips for me. All right, Todd's travel tips, Tra- everybody. Todd's travel tips. This might be an ongoing thing because, uh, Todd, you travel a lot. I, I, I'm lucky you're here tonight, actually. I take – last year I took uh, 78 flights, um, which which is a lot. Um, but, uh, no, so I learned years and years ago when I started – I think I took five. When I, when I started, that's that's sad. But, you know, as long as it's for pleasure and not for work, it is. It was all it's pleasure. Not, so it's not as bad as it sounds. Um but, you know, years ago when I first started in, in the oil and gas business, uh, I was lucky enough not to have one geographical region. I had all of all of the United States and North America. And so, you know, my boss at the time said, you know what, it, you, the rate you're going to be traveling, if you don't have a little bit of fun when you travel, you're, the job's going to get boring. You're going to hate it. You're not going to want to leave and all this other stuff, right? Even as a husband, as a father, you don't want to necessarily leave your family behind. But it doesn't hurt to have a little fun when you go. So Hawaii got to go do that. Um, you surf? I, no, no. I mean, volcano luckily, helicopter tour. Luckily, this is a this is a podcast and not like a you know, live video feed because I'm like this this body's not going to get in any kind of wetsuit and try to surf anything. I promise you, dude. You outkicked your coverage on your wife. Come on, man. Dude, that was lucky. That was a lucky onside kick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those things never work out, but this one did for some reason. Um, but no, so, you know, a lot of the things that I get to do when I travel is I try to work something else in. I think of something that, you know, that I could go do that my wife would enjoy. And so I pick her up something mm-hmm. like last week, flying to Tulsa. It was really nice. Cause I got a, I got a last minute call from a client, need a job done. And Hey, we want to see you call an audible drive from Tulsa down to El Dorado, Arkansas. What do I stumble upon? The Arkansas wine trail. Ooh. Yeah. Wine pairings, tastings. Grab a couple of bottles of wine, bring it back for the wife. Good to go. 
So, you know, when you travel, think about some of those things. You Does know? it seem like every place you visit now has a wine area? I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it either. I just think it's amazing. It is. And it's funny because, you know, I go in like these spurts where I'll, I'll like wine or I'll like beer or I'll like bourbon or whiskey. You know, really there's not much I don't like, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, we went on that trip. I think I was telling you about it the other day. We went to, uh, to Europe and uh, we went to Amsterdam and then we went down to, to Paris and whatever. Well, and like one night or one day and one night in Paris just hanging out, we probably had 12 bottles of wine slash champagne. Since I've been back, I can't get enough wine and champagne. I guess I've, I've built up my tolerance enough that it's delicious to me. So that's our that's our beverage of choice nowadays. <laughs> my uh, my neighbor was selling liquidating her uh, her sister had a liquor a tenant who was a liquor store didn't and they had to liquidate assets so they were selling wine for five dollars a bottle. And I wonder whether they were two hundred bucks and I stocked up. We're we're getting to the end of it now. Uh, Every place has a wine country now. We were in Branson, Missouri. Stumbled upon a winery. Uh, I mean, Mississippi, a winery. Texas, I mean, Texas has some of the most beautiful wineries that, you know. So Hell, there's one like 15 miles down the road in Santa Fe. There's two. There's one in Santa Fe. There's Hawk Winery out there. And then you have a, a Duo Winery here. That's right. Like... Owned owned by a guy that owned guy, by a guy, guy and his wife. A guy three houses down from the house, from my house. All right, let's do this. Let's play a game right now. People right. in our neighborhood, the cool businesses they have. Uh, so you just want to start spouting them off? Let's just start. Let's, let's see what we could do. So quick, we got quick plugs. Quick plugs. Let's go. Let's give some people do, some shout outs. Do we? So we're gonna go businesses or celebrities? Because we have a celebrity we can shout out, but we'll save him to last because we don't want his head too big. I think we know what we're yeah, talking about. Head or hair. Both. <laughs> Both. We'll leave him for last. We'll leave him for last. So, okay. Duo Winery. Yep. Right here in Dickinson, Texas. Uh, they also have cider, which I don't know. I'm not a big cider guy, but the ones that they do and explain to me like, hey, this is cider. It was really good. Yep. Um, you've got, uh, so actually, funny enough. So my, my neighbor's mom and dad own a winery in, in uh, uh, Denver. Really? So just not local, not locally owned, but, you know, still some sort of connection there, right? Yeah. You've got uh, Holiday Bobbles. Holiday Bobbles. Okay, guys, if you want to get, if your wife loves wreaths and holiday decor, if you have to get up in your attic every holiday and to go up there and get all the bins and everything, Google Holiday Bobbles. They're on Facebook. This woman, uh, Angel Holloway, makes great wreaths. Uh we, just, I, I commissioned her to, to, to make Amanda one uh, for Halloween. And uh, I say commissioned her. I texted her and said, hey, what do you think about doing this? She said, love to do it. What's your budget? Text her a number, and she's like, sure. And then it was less than what I had, I had told her, and it was beyond anything I could ever think of. Mm-hmm. And to see her face when she lit up was just, when I gave it to my wife, just amazing. Mm-hmm. My, uh, I got Kelly a gift certificate, and I'll catch her just looking at, like, what are you going to get? I don't know. She's paralyzed by what she can choose. I was like, well, pick something. Uh, Speaking of, of power women in the neighborhood, uh, your wife, Khaki Cow. Yes. I mean, I know you're not going to shamefully plug her, but I'll do it. Okay. I'll sh- I'll, my show, I'll plug it. Uh, my wife operates business, the Khaki Cow. It is an online boutique that, you know, these girls sell wonderful pieces. They have their whole business model also is fashion with philanthropy. So, 
they do 10% of sales, go to a charity of the month. These girls have given over $20,000 away to various charities. They, they're so caring about teachers. A wonderful, wonderful thing. And that started from a, hey, if you're going to stay home with the kids, start something simple too. This business is booming. We need to hire a babysitter. So. A full-time business that uh, equated to you losing your office. Yes. My studio. Half studio, half online boutique. In fact, we had to kick my wife out <laughs> a little while ago while she was on a business call for to record this. Sorry, no. baby. Love you. Uh, uh, Caesar with uh, Leaders for Life. Yep. Karate Academy. We, uh, we've got, I mean, numerous people that, I mean, just, it's amazing to me that, you know, I'll do a I'll, hell. I'll do a plug for us, right? So we we started off that the, our by neighbor kind of thought, yeah. right? And so you know, it, it was amazing to us and and for, for those of you guys who are, who are listening, just to find out what the capabilities are within your own neighborhood to commission people that are your neighbors to go out and build, buy, manufacture, have connections to do this, that, or the other. And without having to outsource it from outside your neighborhood is amazing. And, and it was a nice, rewarding experience, I think, for us, even though work, life, family kind of got in the way of, of our business venture. But ultimately, we got to meet a lot of really good people right. and understand what they do and really plug who they are. Right. And it's not necessary. And to me, it was a big craze five years ago, you know, mm-hmm. shop local, you know, keep your money local, right. you know, whatever else. But really, it's not even that about shopping local. It's about buying from Angel. Mm-hmm. It's about buying from Kelly. And it's not about shopping local. It's about buying from people that you know and trust. Mm-hmm. And that if you need something, you call and, and you know the money's going to whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you know the money is staying local because you see Kelly shopping locally from everybody else that's a vendor in the neighborhood. And so right. it's, that's part back, that goes back to knowing who the hell your neighbors are. Right. Here we are coming back to this. Yeah, and it's and it's it, it it's amazing to me to see how much how how well a neighborhood and a and a and a people can thrive when you're really you're just giving your neighbor the business, yeah. right? Stockman's a financial advisor. Oh, uh, yeah, Mike his, Stockman, financial advisor. Uh, his wife is also a real estate agent. Patty yeah, Stockman. Patty Stockman, real estate agent. Uh, we've got several real estate agents in the neighborhood. Right. We, we've got freelance guys that build web design. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's from small home repairs for whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's endless. And the more you get to reach out to these people and you get to understand who your neighbors are, you know, you don't have to leave your neighborhood anymore. You can get hop on your golf cart, go buy them a beer and say, Hey, can you help me fix this? Mm -hmm. Or can you, can you make this for me? I'll never forget. I, uh, one of my neighbors, when I had first gotten my golf cart, uh, it's a 92 club car. It's all stock. It's not lifted. It doesn't have the lights. It doesn't have the sound system. It doesn't have any of that stuff. This thing, Google 1992 club car. It's got, it's got fours on it, but you keep them clean. They are so clean on it. Yep. I make my boy do that when he gets in trouble, but they got, uh, they got tiny fingers. They can yeah. get up in there. You know? I, I was, I was having problems with it because man, the power to it, it was just kind of slow. So I reached out to my neighbors. I was like, is anybody good with electronics or electrical systems can help me? Uh, Neighbor said, yeah, come by and bring it by. I went over there. We looked at it, tested everything. He's like, man, something's not right here. Something's not right. Everything's connected right. It's looking good. We sit down, have a beer, meet a new neighbor, good friend. Uh, 
hey, that's it. I come back here and my neighbor, I've got this golf cart jacked up. I'm, cli- I'm climbing underneath it. My neighbor across the street walks over and he says, uh, so what's going on with this? I was like, well, it's not going as fast as it should. The lights don't really work. The horn's weak. So we start looking at it and he tells him, he says, go get two beers. Go get two beers. Come back. We crack it. We talk about it and we look down. And while looking down, we both noticed it. One of the wires was on backwards. So instead of running positive to negative, one of them we were running positive to positive. We flipped that wire around. In business. That thing did 18 miles an hour. You know when Snapchat had the had the uh, speedometer on it? Yeah, I missed Every, that. So everybody who was on a plane was showing you how fast they were flying? Yeah. Uh, I, I turned it on, and I was like, this 92 club car is fully stocked with just new batteries. 18 miles an hour. Nice. I'm still jealous because I don't have a golf cart yet. Buy one, man. Dude, you could pick one. I saw one for 600 bucks. Oh, I know. It's there. It's just now that they have to clean the garage out, right? And then that, what do you have in your garage right now? I got to move my golden tee. <laughs> I got my, my golden tee arcade game that was a huge steal. Oh. Well, I, I know where I want to segment to after this. Well, go ahead. Segment away. What's the best thing you've ever gotten from a neighbor? As in, free on the curb or for sale or, you know, it, there. if you live in a, a beer community or something or one of these master plan communities and you have a Facebook page, hit us up and let us know. Let me know what was the best thing because I know people all the time post, hey, free on the curb or for sale or I'm looking forward to have this. What's your best thing you've ever gotten? Yeah, you know, let me think about that first. But it it is it's just crazy to me of what stuff people will give away versus what stuff people will sell. Agree. I've seen people give away entertainment centers that are probably a thousand dollars. Yeah. But sell kids use tennis shoes for three dollars. Yeah. It's and it's in it's it's crazy to me. So I got a kayak for free. Yeah, no. Shout but out then, to my to Matt on that one. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, and then yeah, and then uh, then you started getting letters from the HOA about leaving it out where people could see it. I felt bad signing that letter to myself. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't recall. You know, there's not a lot of things that I've I've uh, snaked from the neighborhood Facebook page. Um, you know, I, I've gotten lucky on a couple things, mostly kids' toys. Yeah, um, like little scooters, uh, roller coaster, yeah. the little roller coaster deal that worked out pretty well. I think that one was free. Um, but yeah, not, I haven't really done a whole lot of dealings here, you know, but man, you know, one of our favorites, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he does a lot of that garage sale stuff and I catch myself every once in a while snooping on the old Facebook uh, marketplace yeah, just to see what's out there. And that's how I found that, that golden tea. Yeah. Uh, I, it was a Sunday. I jumped in bed. It was like Five thirty in the afternoon, and I just open it up, and there it is: Golden Tee, nineteen ninety five arcade game. Sent the lady a message. Does it work? Yep, it's plugged in. Come take a look at it. Right over in Baycliff. Grabbed a buddy, neighbor. Luckily, yeah. I luckily I meet my neighbors. Ran over hundred bucks. Works like a champ. So, uh, but now I got to work. We up. need a neighborhood tournament. Man, you know it, it's uh, it's so old school. Like it, 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 it works out great. It's all the electronics are fine, right? But it's not the same. It's not the new one. No. So I'm it's trying cool. to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to prep the wife 
right? Oh, so speaking of deals, so I think I think you've, I've told you this. We've decided we want to customize our home a little bit. So I want to take, you know, we have a closet. And, uh -huh. and if anybody's listening that's handy as a carpenter and wants to build some cabinets, come get with me. But I want to convert our, uh, we have a walk-in closet in our downstairs. Mm -hmm. I want to convert that closet into a wine cellar, if you will. Your so, personal closet? No, it's uh, it's actually in between our, like I guess it's our office and our kitchen. Okay. So it's not a coat closet, but it's got a little bit of space in there. All right. So anyway, we want to convert this thing into a wine cellar, if you will. And uh, so I bought a wine cooler, and I was looking for wine racks. So I went on the marketplace, right, and found this wine rack, and it was 50 bucks, hold 140 bottles of wine. So I didn't really look to see where this place was at. So it turns out this guy's like an hour and a half away. I'm going to spend 50 bucks for, for a wine rack that's an hour and a half away. <coughs> I end up um, calling him up. I go pick this thing up. So throw Amanda and Lily in the car, in the truck. We drive down to uh, Pearland, go pick this thing up. So loaded in, the guy starts asking me, hey, what are you doing to do with this? I said, well, I'm thinking about making my own wine cellar. And he said, well, are you interested in wine? Well, if I, if I wasn't, this yeah. is, used to be a dumb thing for me to do. And so he says, well, come check mine out. So he goes and shows me his wine cellar. This guy makes all of his own stuff. He says, what you really need is you need a cooler, like an in-house in unit cooler to cool a whole room, not just an actual fridge. Uh-huh. So he, he, ends, he ends up giving me one that he had because he updated his. He went from like 1,000 square feet to 1,500 square feet, so he had to upgrade his unit. So he gave me this $3,500 wine refrigerator. It's not a refrigerator. It's actually like a window unit, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, there's nothing I can do with it. I sold it on eBay for $800 yesterday. Boom. So it's just you never know what you're going to find. No. It's, it's amazing what even you buy – and can turn around and sell for the same price later on. Absolutely. So, what? So, other than kayak, what's what's your number one in the neighborhood? My kitchen. <coughs> your what? My kitchen, my outdoor kitchen. Oh yeah, you know what? That is that was a pretty good find. So, <laughs> on yeah, that one was really good. So, have a have a good sized back patio and always want an outdoor kitchen. You know, grill and cook and stuff like that. So. One day I'm talking to one of the builders in the neighborhood, and I was like, hey, have you got any extra stone somewhere laying around? And he says, actually, I do. The house right across from you, across the lake, uh, we put the wrong stone on it. We pulled it all off, and there's an extra pallet. If you want, you can have it. Yeah, buddy. Now, the idiot in me, I'm just going to go run and grab it. Ooh, I didn't call a neighbor. It was wet. So I'm trudging, like, and it's not far. It's maybe about five, seven yards that I have to walk with these stones, throwing them in my truck, watching my truck get lower and lower, bringing them back here, unloading, doing it. That, that took me like a whole afternoon. So I got the stones for free. Then I'm looking for marble and what can I use to put out there and do it. Lo and behold, one of our neighbors posts one day, free marble from an outdoor kitchen to anyone who wants it and can come get it. Sold. Sold. I go over there and pick it up, bring it back here, go to the Home Depot and get up some uh, some liquid nails for cement. And in one afternoon, I build me a kitchen. They had the whole, I'm leaving with it, and the guy says, by any chance, do you want the sink that goes with it too? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> So I build the whole thing. I measure it out. 
I had got me a brand new grill. I shoved that in there. You've seen my outdoor kitchen. 30 bucks. Yeah. Worth of material I had to buy. For 30 bucks, you save yourself $7,800. I had a guy come out here and price it out. He wanted to charge me 7,500 bucks. No. No, bro. That's a deal. That's what being a good old boy is about because somebody will tell you that and you're like, I can do that myself. I yeah. I, you know, there, I, I wish that I would have paid attention to what my dad was doing back whenever I was a kid. Master Carpenter and all should be a lot handier than I am. But uh, when you when you, when you you got enough friends, right, you got enough good old boy friends to help you out, you can kind of do whatever you need to. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was fun. So, you know, I was listening to some of, your, some of the other podcasts, right? And uh, you you touched on uh, you know some hurricane preparedness stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not to dive back into some old stuff, but you know you guys talked a little bit about about the hurricane. I, I wouldn't say necessarily preparedness, but hurricane stories. Yeah. And um, you know some of the things that you talked about that you need, you know, other than batteries, you got to have a good playlist. Yes. You got to have a hurricane party playlist. Yeah, you do. So you know some of these people that kind of we're smack dab in the middle of like you know, the busiest tropics we've ever had. And so people are starting to kind of grab water and batteries and whatever else, but you got to start making that playlist. Yeah. And you got to start stocking up on beer. And what was it? Was it last year during Harvey that we ran, people were running out of supplies and we were bartering Mm -hmm. supplies for beer. Yeah. Because we ran out. So, uh, got a five gallon can of gas for a case of beer. Yeah. I traded a case of princess soup. Yeah, for, for half a half a handle of uh, vodka. Yeah, that was clutch. You got to do what you got to do. You got to be prepared to entertain. Yeah, you know, and and that's what it's about. Uh, hell, I love entertaining people. Mm-hmm. Come over to the house and grill anytime. Yeah, drink cold beer. I like it. Oh. What's uh? So, I have I have a couple questions for uh, Buster. Shoot. So a couple of our friends in the neighborhood, uh, you know, they. Yeah, they're they're self-proclaimed coonass, right? Okay. There's, there's two different types of Louisiana people, and you correct me if I'm wrong. You've got the people below I-10, you have the people north of I-10. I'd agree. Okay. So what constitutes, what are the differences between a coonass and somebody north of I-10? So usually when you look at it, uh, there I'm from. I'm from Cutoff, Louisiana, home of... Bobby A. Bear, you know, the the Cajun Cannon. Oh, I, so, I, oh, I know who he is. All right, we got him and me. <laughs> it's a short, it's a short, short list. list. Small town. Uh, when you look at that, that that is the Cajun area. That is, you know, Grand Isle, Fouchon, in that area. That's where a lot of uh, the Cajun Mariners came from when Brown and Root came from Texas to start drilling in the offshore business there. That was the Cajun area. When you start moving west, below I-10, you get to around the Lafayette, Lake Charles area. Then you switch into Acadian, and it's different. They put tomatoes in their jambalaya and stuff like that. So they also, do they do also put the, put the seasoning on top of the crawfish or in the water? Or is that a Texas thing? We're going to come back to that. Okay. Real quick, put a pin in that one. Put a pin in. Put a big pin in that one. Okay. Stab it with a dagger, uh, and then you have above I ten, which is your. You got your New Orleans, and which is its own little. You know, if you compared New Orleans to like a state, it'd be like Texas because it's its own little place. 
then you have like Shreveport and Bossier, uh, Alexandria, Natchitoches in those areas and everything. And this is, is just a different vibe. You know, they, they don't have the, the seafood and everything. I mean, Natchitoches is known for its meat pies. Mm-hmm. Great meat pies. Natchitoches is a, you know that they filmed uh, Steel Magnolias in Natchitoches. I've, I've been to Natchitoches during Christmas, and it's one of the most beautiful places you could ever be in your life. Oh, it's wonderful. I stayed in a, in a bed and breakfast in college on the river right uh, right where they filmed it and everything. And in the morning, man, drinking a cup of coffee. It was beautiful. Uh, but it, it's, it's just two different styles. You know, I was raised hunting and fishing and all that's right there. Like me and my neighborhood kids at 12-year-olds taking four tens into the backwoods to go hunting and coming back and cooking everything or going the other way, going to the bay and going fishing, catching everything, and then coming back and in my daddy's barn, you know, pulling out the fryer and everything to fry fish. It's it's a completely different thing. Yeah. Now, when we talk about crawfish, I'm going to put this out as a PSA. This is probably one of the most offensive things that you can do. I find. I know where you're going with this. In my personal opinion. If you cook crawfish, season the hell out of that water. Get it spicy. Get it going. Boil the crawfish. Throw them in there five minutes. And then let them sit. And let them cool down and let them soak in that spicy water. Take them out, try them every couple of 10 minutes, try it, and see how they taste. You put them on the table, or you put them in the ice chest. At that point, to quote Chris Rock, don't you ever, 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 ever throw seasoning on top of it and call it spicy or seasoned man that i I, uh, is i'm not done sorry yes sir that is a surefire way to to get a real cajun mad and let me tell you why because for a, a a good old cajun boy we pride ourselves nothing on people coming and enjoying their crawfish and eating and having a good time but when you're sitting there and you need to pull out gloves because your cuticles are burning or your lips are burning or because it's on the outside and you've thrown a pack of Tony Sacheries or whatever on the outside. That's not enjoyable. That's not right. I was at a place here in Kima cooking crawfish and the guy had a boiling pot of water. I'm not going to name the place. He threw the crawfish in, pulled them out, put them in a, in a steel pan, threw some juice on them and shoved them around. Like he was doing buffalo wings. <laughs> I closed out my ticket. I said, we're gone. Now, you go to Galveston, a place called the Cajun Greek. We were there one time after a couple of beers. I decided I was going to go walk into the back and see how they're cooking crawfish. And me and an old boy there sat and he showed me how he cooked crawfish and did it all the right way. Did he have his little shrimp boots on? No, he didn't. But oh. I might have had mine. So there you go. That's what counts. So, so anyway, do, if do, you, do you trust somebody from Louisiana that doesn't like crawfish? Okay. I know we got some people in our neighborhood that don't, some friends of ours. No, no, no. Uh, we did a big crawfish boiling contest out here, and a little girl won it. Or, uh, her daddy was from Louisiana. He was from uh, he's from home, I believe, or Thibodeau. 
You know what? Those were some good crawfish. That was like that was another one of those great things that you yeah. do in the neighborhood. Just throw together a crawfish boil. I can't wait for the next one. I'm oh. gonna have to enter it. Yeah, now that you're not on the board, <laughs> it helps. I'm gonna throw down. There you go. Oh, uh, but man, I I know a lot of Cajun people that don't like seafood. It, it's just you eat so much of it. I went through a spurt where I didn't like it, but yeah. No, you know, like it, the pe- the people of Louisiana, right? It, when you talk when you talk about good old boy. It, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter where they're from, what side of the of I ten they are. They all seem to be pretty good people. No, oh, yeah. and and really, it's the 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 ones are the the, the quote unquote knuckleheads that you don't want to be around. Well, they're few and far between. Oh yeah. Um. So it's a statistical fact that you're gonna run into one of those eventually. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh. So the uh, the other question that I had uh was really more along the lines of. What is it, you know, you're, you're, you're a mover and a shaker. Mm-hmm. So uh, you'll, you'll go on hiatus and you'll, 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 be, you'll disappear from social media, but then you'll hop back up and you're just gung-ho. And I love that because I know that you put your faith first, your family, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of the, the way that you go. And then your friends. God first, else. my wife next, my kids third. Uh, everything else after that sorts itself out from work to to friends to everything else it, it changed that changes my top three don't my- so, so the question that i have or that you know that, I, that i'd ask you is is how do you turn it off how, how is it because most people are and i'm i'm not asking for this for you know how personal how can i become a better buster caballero but you but how how can people turn it off we talked about it earlier people just get behind a screen get behind social media and they just keep going and going and going but just how, how, how do you just turn it off you have to realize what you're doing. I would I would tell people to do this first. Pull up their phone. If you got a iPhone, uh, you updated to the latest one. They actually put this uh, this feature in there. Look at your phone and look how much time within the last twenty four hours to seven days you spend on an app. Okay, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, anything, it'll tell you how mi- how much time you're putting into it. And then spread that out over a week. And that was just a thing to say, like, okay, I need a break. Yeah. And sometimes it's just you see the same stuff and you need a break and you need a I think people should take a purge from social media every once in a while. No, it's a good good rule of thumb. Or if you don't wanna if you don't wanna do that, like take a purge and just hop off completely, delete it off your phone, do all that, and, and just give yourself like ten minutes. Do a scroll 10 minutes yeah. and put it away. Yeah. Don't comment. Don't like. Don't respond. Don't do anything like that. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Because that's not real. Yeah. You, that is not real. Everything's fake. Not what? everything, but a lot of it's fake, and it's hard to tell. And if you get caught up in that, you, you're going to set yourself in a completely different way. So I say just take a break and maybe pare it down. Or just don't respond. Something that that helps me. Good. So, well, Todd, man, I appreciate you coming over. I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate your friendship. Uh, and I know we were going to bring up one other thing, but we're going to put that on the side. We're going to see if we can get him on. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, so so the, we, we got to get that episode in Texas versus Louisiana. Yeah. Right? That's going to be a round table discussion. Uh, so, so I think we get, we get him in yeah. get a couple others in, have a little bit of fun with it. 
We will. We will. Man, I appreciate you coming over, drinking a beer with me, sitting and discussing this real life. Uh, anything you want, you know, people to get a hold of you or anything you want to plug on yourself, man, or your, your business or what? Or No, you know, um, we, we don't. Yeah, it's I appreciate you letting me come in and talk. Uh, you know, hopefully it was uh, worthwhile for some people. Um, but, uh, no, it was a good time. I appreciate it. Look forward to doing more if I, if you'll have me. Yeah, man. Um, we're going to do a lot more of these. We could, uh, we could definitely do it. Uh, but yeah, no, if anybody has any things that they want to talk about, you give up, give options, whatever else. I know yeah. that, I know that Amanda says, uh, don't, don't leave her out. She'd be willing to come in and talk to, she'd be a good old woman. If she needs to be. We're, it's going to happen down the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. I've, I've, I've already, why well, just boys? Well, no, we're going to have some ladies on here too. So I, I got my top three that's going to come on first. <laughs> good deal. But uh, once again, everybody, thank you for listening to the Good Old Boy Podcast. My guest in here today, Mr. Todd, he is going to come. He, you know, we just talked about some good stuff in life today. And if you can, go for go and subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on the Google Play. We are on Stitcher and coming to Spotify soon. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Uh, we open, I'm opening up a good old boy group so that, you know, good old boys can network and connect in that, which way we're on Instagram. Also all the major social medias, just look up good old boy podcast and our website. Once again, thank you. Subscribe, please go review us, help us to get out there, share this with a friend, bring a friend, send us a good old boy that we should be talking to or a topic you want to hear about. Thank you. Have a good day. Appreciate y'all.